nitrate power. You're in the dog zone for an hour. Come on. You know the number. Welcome to the Dog Zone 9000, the official podcast of 1900 Hot Dog, America's last website. If you remember written comedy and the odds are you don't, we're still doing that. We uh, we have the best writers on the internet doing nothing but bringing joy every day in a format that's very easy to hide while you're working. Come support us on patreon.com slash 1900hotdog uh, or, or hilarity and humor and, and websites die. They will all die. Well, I'm Robert Brockway, and I'm here to say I like to rip and rap in a very fresh way. Now, maybe you know him from the internet's TV. It's my comedy partner, Sean Baby. <laughs> and our guest today, with more rhyme to the ounce, he's from the Oral Knots, and his name's... How do you think my last name is pronounced? <laughs> there it is. Whoa! Yeah. <laughs> Fuck, very nice. Right in there. Very nice. <laughs> Zach Koontz, not Counts. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping for that's not how it's pronounced, but what? But I'll take it. Oh. <laughs> I'm glad my brain is on turbo today. <laughs> Sometimes it's not. I haven't slipped yeah. in two days. I was lucky to fucking get my own name. <laughs> yeah, the easiest problem. Oh, no. <laughs> Zach, before we get into what is going to be a four-hour podcast, uh, <laughs> would you, where can we find more from you? You could go to YouTube slash Arlnauts, A-U-R-A-L-N-A-U-T-S. We make, I'd say, a little of this and little of that to, to maybe a frustrating degree. We have no consistency <laughs> on our channel other than it's nerdy shit. We just kind of make what we feel like. Usually it's pretty good. Uh, lately, we've just been creating some fucking retro TV show openings for Star Wars for no Those reason. Those are just, real lovable. Uh, they're lovable, right? That's yeah. that's kind of the only goal there. It's uh, yeah, it's they, like a departure from the from the zany funny stuff to that's just like real. Like oh, this is so so good. Your stuff is so good. I've said I've said this to you before, but it's like uh, weirdly professional. You know what I mean? It could be it's good on several you. levels. Sometimes it's like, hey, this is good because it's zany as shit. And you're like, sometimes yeah. it's good because it's like, wow, this is just, they put a lot of like craft into this and I appreciate it. It's, yeah. We huh, are that, two bitter, jaded, old like industry professionals. We are both from the advertising world and it, uh, it's, it crushed our spirits enough to just want to start a YouTube channel and throw everything away. So it's, I think that's what, what you're sensing there is that. Uh, yeah, no, that, a lot of talent. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> But uh, lately, I'm not saying it's wasted on YouTube. I'm I'm (laughs) saying I I really enjoy it. I'd say we have like I feel a lot better about what I've put into the world than I did when I was making fucking Maybelline commercials. Yeah, that's yeah, agree. You had a Maybelline account? Well, I just I just was worked at the company that had an account. All right, I'm not gonna. I didn't direct any of them or anything like that. But is that why your skin is so kissably smooth? That's just the mixed race you're sensing. That's what happens when you're not fully white. You just kind of age a little bit better. And, uh, you know, oh, right. Until <laughs> one day you're that's 85. Scene. Yep. Instantly. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we just been making stuff that um, th- there was a it was a bit like the bit was ha, the, all these shows are coming out and they're all taking place at all these random points in this, the movie's timeline. How funny would it be if they had come out on TV in chronological order. And so then the, the the challenge was to figure out like what era of music that would be. So 
Book of Boba Fett was the first one we did, I think, which takes place after Return of the Jedi, which would have put it at around 86. Mm-hmm. So we had this real, like, A-team kind of, you know, there's a guy, like a gritty dude talking and about the gruff life of a bounty hunter. And there's some jokes in there. There's some, like, kind of self-aware, like, criticisms of the show baked into it. But mm-hmm. And then we started getting, like... You guys are no strangers to this. We tend to make things a lot harder for ourselves than we need to. And so this premise kind of like people are like, do Obi-Wan next. And we're like, well, it takes place 10 years before the first Star Wars film, which would have been about 1967. And holy shit, we do not want to make a swinging big band fucking theme song for something that like may not even come out that well. So we just said, fuck it. And we just did an Obi-Wan song that came out today, actually. Uh, and we just made it in the 80s. We said, screw it. We like the 80s. That's where everything rad happens. And It's true. We made like a power ballad style, uh, like real like um, Brian Adams kind of, you know, <laughs> going for it. Re- push it to the limit style, you know, theme song. So mm-hmm. pretty happy with that one. So I can't you, uh, comment. I haven't watched that one yet. Oh, shit. If you like the failing business model of just do whatever you want because you think it's funny, uh... And you do if you're listening to this. Yeah, yeah that's <laughs> if you're fans of that business plan. Yeah, <laughs> there's, there's a Venn diagram. And you're there. somebody else that does that. <laughs> yeah, it is. It, you know what? That shit turns out to be evergreen because you got all these other people on YouTube that are trying to figure it out. They're like yeah. the algorithm, the algorithm. You see their goofy fucking expressions and their thumbnails, and they do all the tricks, and they're still losing views at like like alarming rates and it's like well now you just now you have no views and you look like assholes we have no views but we just kind of look like we always have and people seem to but like we got it, dignity so. yeah exactly we got our goddamn dignity <laughs> got the dignity so if you like dignity and randomness that's, that's a great sales pitch yeah i like it all ties together wonderfully with the subject of today's podcast mm-hmm. uh that being just random shit that we find funny, and the 1980s. Today we are talking about TNT, the half-hour Mr. T action detective show from Canada, from 1988's Canada. We are talking specifically about season one, episode 12, Silver Angel. That's right, the episode about a geriatric tinfoil lone ranger terrorizing a Whole Foods guest starring the Fat Boys. All of that's real. That's all real. I can't fucking believe I hadn't talked about this episode Every day of my entire life up until now, I'm like really pissed off at, at me and the world, you personally, for not telling me about this. I, I used AI to fake this entire thing. There's no I way this is I had real. my suspicions because, I, listen, I, from the same era as you guys, I like also just just gobbled up everything Mr. T, you know, like yeah. from the kid stuff to the like DC cab, whatever, the cereal, I was all over yep. it. I had no fucking clue this show existed. I've never <laughs> even heard of it. Like, I was like, you're making this up. Like, you sent me the email, and I was like, so this is a fake thing that you guys created, right? Like, we're going to talk about a little <laughs> project you guys did. And, and I, I was happy, though, to find out it was real, because there's always this thing happening. When you do a, a podcast episode, and it's, like, about a thing that I love, I get kind of jealous. And I'm like, oh, that would have been great to be on there to talk about it. But I wouldn't have added anything. Like, I... I, I have the same opinions on this shit that you guys do. It's like the joy is when you bring in somebody who's never seen it. Right. And they have to just wrap their heads around it. And I but finally, none of to us be have that seen guy. this. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Hell We're yeah. all that guy here. We have no straight man today. 
Oh, or all straight men? I don't know how. It, I don't know. How I think we're all works. straight men. Yeah, I'm very straight. So straight. Let's be clear. The hell you are, less, boy. A little less so after seeing this, and I couldn't be happier about it. Uh, yeah, the part of the reason what nobody knows about this, it was Canadian. Uh, it was filmed in Canada for Canadian TV. I do think it ran on in syndication on American TV a little bit, but yeah, mostly mostly the Canadian market. So three seasons, three entire seasons of this. Insane. So many episodes. I looked. No. I was like, there's got to be like four episodes of this that never went to air. Over okay. 60. Yeah. Over 60 it's episodes. <laughs> God damn it. Let's um, just do only those. Because this episode should have been a fucking unaired pilot. It was madness. If there's any that's even one tenth <laughs> as crazy as this, we can do a podcast about this every week. I thought this was an unaired, like an unaired pilot. I, yeah. that, it had so much of that energy. I would ha- I'll be happily come back and watch every episode of this, by the way. I'm in. Well, hopefully we will actually get there. Uh, yeah, there's a ton. There's a ton of episodes that uh, I haven't watched them all fully, but I scrubbed through a bunch trying to settle. This was my favorite of them, but there are a bunch of great ones. Uh, this one in particular was directed by Canadian filmmaker Donald Shabib. Uh, he was married to Teddy Moore, who played the teacher who pulls the kid off the flagpole in The Christmas Story. Uh, okay. She was pregnant at the time of filming that scene with their son, uh, who Canadian hip-hop fans now know as 40, the producer entirely responsible for Drake and Drake Sound. So that's a legacy. This that's is a media a, legacy. Quite a web. Yeah, there's yes. a lot of intrigue this happening is- here. I think that's every famous person in Canada is linked to, to Drake together to in Drake. this story yeah. right here. <laughs> and, Started uh, from the bottom. Uh-uh. You were the fucking <laughs> son of the guy who knew the lady who was in Christmas Story. It started at Christmas Story. Yeah. What are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, it the started bottom? at Christmas Story. You, no, Drake. tech started at the bottom. Technically, you were starring in A Christmas Story as a fetus. <laughs> yep. You've been hustling that long. Now, is it fair and to everybody say, from that movie is a superstar. <laughs> in Canada, Yes. <laughs> now, is it fair to say that Young Forty was inspired by this, his father's first foray into the early days of hip hop, and that this episode, TNT's Silver Angel, is the sole reason he would go on to produce all of Drake's sound and change the face of modern hip hop, possibly for the worse, but still change it forever? Is it fair to say that? Yes. Uh, am I saying that? Also, yes. Uh, so <laughs> it's important to history that we cover the Silver Angel uh, episode, season one, episode twelve. Uh, first of all, and perhaps most importantly, the theme song fucking rules. Uh, if we were to do another expositional theme song show, this would have been my pick. It is by a woman named Mary Clayton, who was most famous for this. Uh, <laughs> Hell yeah. She's a background she, singer which, on like everything. Which three Mr. T super fans had never heard of. <laughs> yeah. Yes. The, the show. This is the a show landmine. That, that everybody that should have heard of it has never heard of it she did the theme song she was usually a background singer she was fucking foreground here let's uh let's just play the entire thing every trophy T.S. Turner was a city smart kid fighting his way off the street until he was framed for a crime he didn't commit (laughs) (laughs) Amy Taylor was a young crusading lawyer she mounted an appeal to put Turner back on the street this time in a suit and tie, working as a private detective. Together, they are TNT. So good. In the eye of the law, he's our champion. 
<laughs> I think there's a lot about those lyrics that are debatable. Yeah, I, I feel like the law is strongly against that guy. Yeah, I think there there's plenty of things stopping them. Mm-hmm. The law has that successfully too. stopped them. Well, almost stopped them once. I love <laughs> probably every episode. <laughs> I love when you can explain the entire premise in like one third of a song as they did here. I heard you laugh at it too. If you say the words until he was fr- framed for a crime, oh, yeah. he didn't commit like they a just, guaranteed laugh. They just stole so his funny. backstory from the A-team. That's all they right. did. It's almost exactly. And I love one it. out of six black American men. the same origin story 100% this this lawyer kicks so much ass that she not only got him off for murder but the the court made him a private detective and gave him a suit they put him in a suit suit made uh, him a private detective they made her dress up like his little uh, you know his little uh, you know Malcolm X style yeah Yeah. Nation of Islam guy yeah Uh, (laughs) we find you guilty and commit you to justice I, I love it because the premise is just like four degrees off from just a full intentional joke. Like, like when the intro explains the show, it's a laugh cue. This is two hundred percent better than any sketch we watched in that nineteen eighty six episode of <laughs> SNL. It's it's like like so I don't know efficient in it, its absurdity. It's every trope at once taken to like the most ridiculous degree. Right. So, like you have the you have the lawyer, the lawyer thing. Like, well, now we have an implausible bargain, and the lawyer's going to make it. And but then they make him a private detective. It's not like a normal sane show would be like he's remanded into her custody, and now he has to work at her law firm. And they're no, now he's a private detective. They gave just, him a suit. Yeah, and he just like smoothly transitions into it. I had to stop this several times because I thought it might have been like an Adult Swim thing. That's why I thought mm-hmm. I never heard of it. I was like, this is probably yeah. more recent, and I just. I'm bad at following up on like recent edgy comedy like that. And maybe, you know, Mike Tyson had a show kind of similar. Right. I totally thought I was watching like a, like a over the top. Mr. T's mystery. Yeah. I feel like if it's an adult swim that the other T would have been a Tyrannosaurus or a transformer, like a Tarzan. If fucking Tarzan and T that's that an adult swim show, four seasons. Easy. By the way, here's how you know it's Truckasaurus and T. The announcer, go, the narrator goes, T and T. He really makes sure it's <laughs> yeah. not violent. It's like, it's not T and T. It's like, let me be yeah. clear. That's an ampersand, all right? It's and I'm like, going to really push yeah. that through. This is T and unrelated another T. I want you to enjoy the pun. There's levels to this. I like I like how maximum 80s it is, how, how it, just all these stupid little things happening in the intro, but not like... High budget stupid things like Mr. T with a baby. There's one where like the lady T is punching a guy out cold and Mr. T immediately comforts her. He's like, oh, I bet your hand hurts from that. There's a guy, a stuntman doing like a handstand over a car, like kind of a botched stunt. He kind of he's like going over the car like uh, if you've ever seen The Rock take a stone cold stunner, like he kind of yeah, it looks like that. You're like, what the fuck is what the fuck was that scene? Is that the only take you got (laughs) of your stunts? But like 50 things like that. I don't know. It's very. It's just a uh, lot of cute stuff. Yeah, it's all very entry level. Garth it's Marine Canadian A team. Can we be know. clear? This is the Canadian A team. Yeah. Amanda. <laughs> I also just love that even the format fucks with you. Like it's a half hour with commercials action thriller show. <laughs> so that yeah. everything they just like everything that happens in the show is a full barreled sprint. Like from the start <laughs> to the finish, they know they have twenty minutes. To set up an hour long show. And TNT are just always playing catch up. They can't even keep up with the fucking shenanigans. They're (laughs) they're so far behind in every possible way. Another high concept thing I want to talk about is that like Mr. T was such a dominating celebrity. 
And he's like one of the T's. And then there's just this lady that's done one episode of Night Heat. I looked her up. That's a real thing. <laughs> so it's like, it's T. And then like a second, far less important thing. So, but she's in the title. So she needs to be equalish. You know what I mean? Like there's a reason they, they called it Tango and Cash. Uh, and they didn't call Judge Dredd Schneider and Dredd. You know what I mean? Like the, right. the, if you're, if they're going to share a title, they have to be generally on equal ground. And it's just, who the fuck is coming to see Amanda Taylor? Canada, baby. All and of Canada. I, I was wondering Canada, about that. Like, Amanda, if, all of Canada's darling Taylor. <laughs> I started having this fake conversation in my head about like, if they just between the two of them were like, which one of us is the first T? And she's like, well, I'm, Amanda Taylor, that puts me, you know, it's an A, I'm first. And he's like, well, I'm Mr. T. Right. And like, my name is also uh Here's Turner, my cereal. So that's another T. You fucking idiot. <laughs> Do you have a cereal, is, uh... Amanda? Can I go get Amanda O's? <laughs> in Canada? Yes. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. She, was, <laughs> she had a bit part in Three Men and a Baby. She's our greatest celebrity. <laughs> that's, the, that's the vibe I got. So it's real. This show exists to the amazement of everybody. And this episode in particular is carries on exactly that theme of like so many tropes of this that they combine to an extent, insane extent that just makes pure chaos and madness. So we open in the 1980s Canada version of a Whole Foods, very upscale supermarket. Mm-hmm. And there's uh, an old man dressed in silver foil space cowboy clothes. He's got, like, winged boots and a bedazzled mask. He, he looks like like a golden age DC character that I, we know I, is racist now. I don't want to, like, hold up. I know we're going to be here all day if we do this. But <laughs> yes. you're skipping two things that I made careful note of. Uh, the credits, <laughs> after they finished the main credits, said guest starring the Fat Boys. And I don't know what it is about guest starring the Fat Boys, but you st- you fucking put that in your credits, and I laugh. Uh, <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Sherman Helmsley. <laughs> uh, and also, before we meet the, the star band, that he we meet Melvin, who's like got this fantastic mullet, and he is yeah, he's he's creepy. He's looking right up a lady's dress, and he gets immediately busted by his boss. Uh, which means it's probably not the first time Melvin has done this. And I just like the casual, like that's just background. That's just like two people walking by a camera for the eighties. Just like, what if, what if it just, um, a random murderous pervert is just and the boss is the, short of to be molesting. Clear, the boss a, is the bad guy of yes. this episode. So that that's like tacitly saying like the injustice that Melvin can't even look up a dress. <laughs> right. He's, he's supposed to be like a completely despicable bad guy. And here he is like rescuing a woman from Melvin. So, yeah. he, so I, Which so when they hated s- in established the 1980s. As, right. That's true. That's, that's like a Porky's villain in the eighties. Because I didn't know where this show was going. I hundred percent thought that we were going to find some dark things in Melvin's basement in this yeah. episode. I thought that's where they were going with this. I mean, yeah. in real life. Yes. You would find, <laughs> you would find those legs in Melvin's basement, yeah. but but no, and it's I'm the leg genius. collector. I'm the silver leg collector. <laughs> All right. I'm so, sorry. Now so, we're at the, the silver band. So geriatric space cowboy plays the trumpet to announce his crimes. Uh, that's the just, shoplifting horn. You got to sound the shoplifting yeah. horn. It's, he plays the shoplifting horn to alert everybody that he is shoplifting and then runs out with an entire shopping cart full of groceries into a beat up old piece of shit like 40 year old truck with huge tinsel wings on the back. That's his version of the angel mobile. He is the silver angel. And now, uh, we find that be, out immediately after. Go ahead. This might be controversial, but I say the law should be written, rewritten in Canada 
to allow the Silver Angel to do whatever the fuck he wants. I saw this and I'm like, oh, this is fine. Yeah, He's the hero. He's on the side of right. Yeah. Yeah. If he plays the trumpet like that and you still can't stop him, he gets he to gave keep you it. every he chance you needed. Yeah. yeah. If he escapes in that vehicle. This was filmed kind of weird, too, because I thought it was a gang when they, they did like a triple cut of him mm-hmm. popping out from different angles and playing the trumpet. So I thought there was like three trumpet dudes. And then he's immediately running with the shopping cart. And I'm like, so is he there's either four of him or he's the Flash. Like, he's literally the Flash. He's yeah. Barry Allen. I'm he's glad you brought that classic up, Flash because it is edited so fucking badly whenever there's any kind of an action sequence or any kind of movement whatsoever i'm like yeah I, i'm i'm lost like you it's like a van damme kick but it's just an old man right. playing a trumpet it's like bam yeah. bam bam it's it's almost a joke like a scooby-doo bit where like people are just like they'll run around and and vanish and appear at a place they're not supposed to be it's just like the editor <laughs> doesn't know, give we sh- literally do a scooby-doo bit yeah like they that. fully do they a do. scooby-doo later it's it's a sped up Benny Hill bit. <laughs> so, damn that angel, says the store owner and villain, uh, played by a man named Sam Moses, who you know from Ghostbusters, where he played hot dog vendor. Of course, hot dog vendor. Of course. Yeah, of Slimer course. really got like, that guy. Look at this guy. It's hot dog vendor from Ghostbusters. She's like, nah, and I was like, you will rue this day. I <laughs> totally called it. <laughs> look it up. Look it up. See how right I am. That's what women love. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sam Moses uh, just fucking ate this part alive. God, he's yeah. so committed. He they, so they they gave him on paper. They gave him nasty supermarket manager, oh, and he brought like I tied your dog to the railroad tracks vibes. <laughs> like he is just so snooty. He's the snootiest he could that anyone could be, and pure evil. Like yeah. beyond like yeah. I'm just kind of a nasty manager into like I'm here to murder relentlessly. He's he's like. What Melvin is in action, he is in presentation. Mm-hmm. Uh, so um, <laughs> I love the jump cut after this as he, as he goes, damn that angel and the silver angel with all of his food in his tinsel truck rides off into the sunset. And then it jump cuts to the cops who have already arrested him. Yeah. <laughs> just this was, fu- this was supposed to be a huge misdirect. I <laughs> <laughs> already... It. Under arrest. As he's like, I, I'm too old to be the silver angel. And, uh, <laughs> but this, this fooled the media. Two reporters ask him basically almost word for word, Mr. Old Man, do you know where you are? Yeah. He's just like, no. what? Who's like, there? Do you know why you're under arrest? He's like, I would love a rest. I'm like, this guy's, I, yeah. I'm, I feel this okay. guy. He's sleepy and he just wants to lay down. That's- <laughs> There's a level. There's a level of old where you play it like so old you be, you become a ghost. Yeah. Like I am so old. Like, no, no, that's Boo. You're going into Boo territory there, and that's what he's bringing is just this this excessive frailness of dementia. Uh, the cops don't give a shit. They immediately say, "Hey, his name is Jonathan Duffy. Go fucking find him. Beat the shit out of him. Whatever. Uh, just get him out of here." They announce him to the press. They show him, and uh, Turner and. Turner and Taylor are the TNTs. Uh, Mr. T is Turner, and whoever the fuck Canada's superstar is, is Taylor. Uh, They escort him out while he's playing up all this frailness and dementia. Now we show up to the boxing gym, which is another major set piece, because that's where where Mr. T comes from, clearly. Mm -hmm. So Turner shows up at the boxing gym. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he fought his way. We know the, from the theme song. I don't know why I explained it to you. In the 80s, that was the only song. way for a black person to get off the streets. They had to fight their way out. That was it. <laughs> and even then, framed for murder. Framed for murder. So, Crime you didn't commit. Actually, the only way you got off the streets was a judge sentencing you to a life as a private detective. 
<laughs> that was it. That was it for black men in Canada. Or uh, a mercenary for hire. Or mercenary. For, that was the U.S. That's the U.S. version. Right. So Turner shows up the boxing gym in his full suit and fedora to meet Decker, who is the gym owner. And Decker okay. is playing simultaneously the whitest guy who has ever lived and the dumbest guy who has ever lived. And he is racing both of them. Yeah. There's a couple of things I want to point out here. First, Mr. T is so out of his element in these clothes. He's walking around like it's going to fall off if he if he moves the wrong way. Like he's just very stiff. And he's like, hello, I am Mr. Well-to-do. <laughs> he's got a little yeah. tiny hat. And then Makes he takes his hat to off to be in that suit. <laughs> it did. It's a prison. He's walking it around is. in his prison. It is a prison. <laughs> and they <laughs> slipped his hair suit. back. He and it makes him look like, you know, like a like a bodega owner from the Bronx. He's like Poppy <laughs> T all of a sudden with this like slick back haircut. And he just hates it. He clearly hates it. He's not comfortable and he's not himself and I hate it. He doesn't do any of his fucking th- Mr. T, yeah. you know. It's all I think gone. What I like about Mr. T in this scene is that he can't say the word fat. So he's like, "Hey, <laughs> You know the fit boys. One of them is my nephew. He is a fit boy. <laughs> we can, we'll get into that. First, uh, first he okay, meets Decker, the gym owner. Decker, though. Who is playing yeah. such an over-the-top dumb guy that he's stumped on a crossword, which is fine. That's the standard trope. Sure. But then, like, he asks and gets kind of the answer, and Mr. T says the word challenge, and he's like, challenge, challenge. How do you spell How do you spell? Yeah. How do you spell challenge? Like, he's playing so dumb that he doesn't really know how to speak his own language. And Turner, uh, Mr. T, is here to ask him a very important question. You ever hear the Fat Boys? Fat <laughs> Boys? Oh, yeah, they're, they're the guys that rhyme and they talk a lot and they make all those funny noises with their mouth and stuff. That's called rapping, Dicko. It almost like it's called rapping, Dickhead. It's called rapping, Dicko. I love his, uh, his description of rap is like, as about as close to offensive as you could get without yep. being offensive. He's he like very he like he doesn't know what words are. Like he's right. uncertain on what 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 words might be doing in this And this scenario. is 1989. So by this point, he's got to be really fucking in the dark if he still doesn't know what rap is. Like he's he's trying really hard to not learn anything. They make about the sounds it. with the mouth? They make the like, mouth yeah. sounds and the fart in the face. Rapping. It's called rapping. God damn it. It's been for 20 years. Now, I've uh, seen the, Mr. T's Be Somebody or Be Somebody's Fool so many times that when he said it's called rapping, I was legitimately put into system shock when he did not start rapping, when it did you, not you, cut to yeah, him. You were ready well, for it to go. Well, he didn't yeah. get the chance because immediately after that. Buffy Robinson is my nephew. He's one of the Fed boys. <laughs> they about to start a big tour and their manager wants them to lose a few pounds. So you want me to whip him into shape? Hey, no problem. Listen, you give me a month and I'm going to have a mean and lean and I'm going to... Hey y'all, here's Decker. He can make you guys strong. Okay, Decker, just don't take too long. Yo, his name is Buff. My name is Marky D. And brother right here is Kurovsky. Hey yo, man, we came to find some muscle man loses fat. That's no problem, but uh, why do they talk like that? <laughs> oh, he did it. He did the ride. <laughs> Mr. T, why come they don't code switch for me, Mr. T? <laughs> I love that, uh, first of all, fire that manager. Who is the manager that says, hey, the fat boys, we need to make them lose some weight. Like, let's get rid they of their whole They should just be thing. boys. They should just be the boys. <laughs> it sounds what like you're saying that wrong. Premise. It's pronounced fit. Fit boy. Fit boy. Fit That's what Mr. T was trying to turn it into. Somewhere, somewhere between. There's also this Because Mr. T is uh, so fit, he can't even say fat. <laughs> There's also this thing, because I, you know, 
where I grew up there, there wasn't a whole lot of black people. And so every once in a while, a, a, a white kid would come over to our house and my dad would laugh and they'd be like, what's he doing? What's that sound he's making? I'm like, oh, that's how some black people laugh. I don't know what to tell you, man. Like, it's just laughter. They hit Decker with the with the laugh. And I don't I think that just adds to the confusion. Decker probably had more yeah. questions, but he knew at this point to just stop asking them like he was. <laughs> He was so far out of his element that he was just fine, just saying it's, nothing else. It's called laughing. It's called laughing. <laughs> it's called laughing, Decker. Uh, there's so much to unpack there. First, I love the 80s trope here that everybody is somebody's nephew. If you have a guest star, yeah. it's like your cousin. It's your nephew. One of the fat boys is, Turner, is Turner's nephew, of course. We're all related. Don't you know that? It's more Scooby-Doo shit. It's more like, here's here's the hillbilly Scooby-Doo guest starring for the episode. It's the fat boys. And that's the funniest thing you could possibly say. Also, as you hear there, that will continue throughout the entire episode. The fat boys not only rhyme every single line, they speak as a hive mind. Yeah. Like there's like there's a fat queen and these are her fat drones. They're a, they're a roadblock senses. and they're a Tomax and Zaymot. <laughs> At the same time, yes. Doing it. Mixed all together in, into one into one huge unit. I kind of uh, wish that when the Fat Boys came in, that his nephew was the Puerto Rican one. That would have just Decker would have just been yeah. fucking confused about what's going on. Uh, well, hold up, really now you look like that, but you look like that. Oh, you rhymed it. Oh, you rhymed that with that. And then they it's all a soft rhyme. Up. It's the same word. The same, you know, it counts. <laughs> So after we are treated, <laughs> I re- yeah, that's going to be on the soundboard, I think, for a long time. It's just, that's called rapid. It's called rapid. Uh, we are, after this, we are treated, and I do mean treated, to an extended beatboxing comedic training <laughs> montage featuring the Fat Boys, this where is... the comedic hijinks become part of the training, and the training becomes part of the beatboxing. It's, a, it's incredible. I don't want to buy shame, but this was fucking gross these were, like, <laughs> these were like sweaty straining shots of guys farting out of their mouths for like 40 seconds just a loop of the same five faces just like <gasps> while the other ones like pumping some iron because they were looping it into the song every time oh he made God. he made the grunt they had to show him making the big fat grunt again because that was now part of the loop of the song. I just kept thinking it was going to break into a song like about getting Sean, it's fit or something, it but they just did. never did. They w- yeah, total waste. They I know why they why they were in Canada too cuz this again, this is 1989 and this is like these these guys were so on their way out. Like like NWA debuted the year before this. This is like rap yeah. had moved on from the Fat Boys. So I just Yeah, this is like just, poison the month after what, Nirvana came out. Yeah, they're like we got to go to Canada. They still yeah. they still care about this corny ass not offensive rap up there. We're, <laughs> that's where the money's at. But let us continue to rap as a hive mind up mm-hmm. in Canada. They respect it. Uh, so that's it for that scene. That was the entire point of that scene was was to culminate in this beatboxing comedic training montage featuring the Fat Boys. Uh, we're back to the back to the high end grocery store, and uh, we find out the suspect Jonathan Duffy is his real name is a crossing guard <laughs> helping the kids. And uh, and the the grocery store owner Sam Moses uh, plays Mr. Hanlon. He hates this. He actively hates crossing guards helping children. That's like the extent of villainy they're giving him. Like he's I love he's it. Full on Grinching. Like here. there's a contempt, but there's also like a rivalry. Like like he in a way thinks of this lowly crossing guard as equal as like this this rival that needs to get destroyed. Uh, 
I, which I appreciated. I also made a Almost. note that we're six minutes in, and not only are have we met the Fat Boys and they performed most of a song, but we like caught the villain, and he's already out of jail. Like six minutes. Like this is why TV was better in the eighties. They had twenty <laughs> minutes to do an entire forty-five minutes episodic yeah. serial. It, it, they, the cops they had him. They were like, "There's a bunch of evidence in his dumpster that linked him to the crime," but it, and that's it. They're just they're they're good with him leaving. And it never really explained what the evidence was. So you never get a chance to question his uh, his competence as a criminal. I don't know. I, don't know. I had that's a lot of questions. That's because With they those wings. show not tell. They will show that he's an incompetent right. criminal. <laughs> I just thought we could have thrown away. Is <laughs> like a body? Like, what did they have on him? <laughs> yeah, because he makes a, bit a big of a deal of being like, yeah. I will not throw away any any food. And, not, and he hates waste is his thing. So, right. yeah. So yeah, it had to be like Melvin parts or something. Yeah, it was like a security guard. <laughs> he just broke his fucking neck. And that's the deal he is struck with 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 the leg basement killer Melvin is that he Melvin will look the other way when he does his trumpet shoplifting. Melvin in exchange, hides his he will hands and the fingers and teeth the in the tomatoes. <laughs> yes. The Silver Angel shoplifts the tomatoes and it's like I'm doing a Robin Hood thing, but what he's really doing is hiding a body thing. Yes. That's yeah. My, that's my theory. Anyway, okay. Uh, so Mr. Hanlon, uh, he the, Taylor comes to interview him, and he just hams it up. He he hates that this used to be an affordable grocery store. His own words. He says yeah. it's disgusting that it sold discount laundry soap and no name apple drink. Now <laughs> it serves the elite. That was coded racism, by the yeah, way. Yeah, that was real racist. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. My God, they only sold they only sold juicy juice to darkies, mm-hmm. and I hated it. <laughs> uh, he also he also calls the uh, the Silver Angel a costumed curmudgeon, which I think is a direct J. Jonah Jameson quote. Yeah, I think that's nice. lifted completely from J. Jonah Jameson dialogue. A wing-headed uh, menace. <laughs> we learned. We learned Duffy has been thrown out of the store four times for screaming in the aisles about high prices yeah, and wasted goods. Like, <laughs> which sounds legitimately insane. I'm gonna come back here later, or will I? Or maybe somebody, maybe the Silver Angel will pay you a visit. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows that the man screeching in the aisles has been thrown out four <laughs> yeah. times. I like that this. Uh, really heavily implies that he might be suffering from mental illness. Like this is a man cursed with madness, not like uh, some guy doing the right thing. Like he cursed might with just caring be, too much. Yeah. Yeah, cur- yeah. Cursed with caring too much, but no, no, no. He's, he's fucking shrieking at cans of beans and shit. <laughs> yeah. I don't and, know. I just like dressing it. and dressing his car up like an angel, his truck yeah. up like an angel. I think that's one of the classic. I think that's in the DSM <laughs> is if you dress your, your truck up like an angel. Yeah, that's kind of have schizophrenia. That's like Burning Man crazy sometimes. But like, I'm just saying that show, show makes it very clear he might be the bad kind of crazy. Yeah, yes. I think it's pretty safe to say right now there was. By this point, we we know Mr. Duffy is the Silver Angel. There, the show kind of tries to trick you into thinking that there's this mystery here that like it couldn't right. be him. He's just a feeble old man. And then right away they're like, no, 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 it's fucking yeah, him. The on. only people that don't know that are the two people defending him, <laughs> yes, who are, just, the, which who is are a private crazy eyes. premise yeah. for an episode. <laughs> <laughs> it's, to, 
<laughs> it's just it's to solve no the mystery stakes. for the viewers, but not for the main characters. Right, the main characters. Thus making them look like fucking dipshits the entire time. They're literally the last people to know it, including us. Like, we are included in that um, mm-hmm. chain of people who know the truth, and it's just... Also uh, a bold move to just be like, right up top, the villain is right. He is correct. Right. <laughs> it is him. He's right it about all, everything. Melvin's a fucking creep. He needs to be stopped. The Silver Angel is Duffy. <laughs> it's like, all, it's too bad he has like a I talk like a villain speech impediment. Right. <laughs> because if he was just not talking like Snidely Whiplash, it would be like, oh, okay, this is very reasonable. <laughs> I, can, I can relate to this guy. He's just trying to, he's just trying to carve out his little slice of the neighborhood, you know? <laughs> so back at the law offices that I guess Mr. T is part of now, as they're like in-house private investigator, Taylor says the grocery store is convinced Duffy has a vendetta against them. And they have like a resident ditz who says, Vendetta? That's an Italian car, ain't it? Just <laughs> everyone ignores work. her. Just A plus. No one even fucking looks at her. Dismissive <laughs> bimbo work. It's I thought a, it was ADR at first. So I'm like, did they add that later? I don't go back and no, her lips are moving. She really said that. Well, she also just walks straight out of the room, so like she knows nobody's yeah. paying attention. She's like, this like is, yeah, this they're joke. sick of my they, shit. Yeah, I deliver the land. food. That's you know. Mm-hmm. They're like, you got a line in this episode. She's like, oh, I got a line. Great. And then she reads the line. She's like, God damn it, you guys. (laughs) (laughs) Do I get an arc? No. An arc? What's that? An Italian car? No. Uh, You do get an arc. You're stupid. That's that's, that's the same arc as last week. You get stupider. It's a downward arc. (laughs) Uh, Still an arc. There's a very crazy scene here that I know why they do it, but it doesn't work at all. Where everybody in the office starts thinking about poor Mr. Duffy, yeah. and what it oh turns out to what it turns out to do <laughs> is they just fucking light him up for like three minutes. I of course took the clip. Okay. I feel sorry for Duffy. It must be so difficult to live all alone. Staying at four walls. Yeah, nothing to look forward to but getting older every day and sicker and weaker. Practically blind. Almost deaf. Digestive problems. Stiffening joints. No adventure. <laughs> Having no excitement in life. Yeah. Dick's so soft. He's just can't a, even get it up. Armless old man. Just an old piece of shit who's gonna <laughs> die alone. I don't know uh, if this was supposed to be like they were internalizing maybe just what it would be like to just get old and they just sort of got lost in that because they're just describing like more mortality like yeah. <laughs> in a really sad way in the saddest possible way for so long. All and your then friends what die this- and it's just you. But here, just staring I, at the walls. I feel like this betrays like what the show is trying to do and failing is, which is to get us to think that oh, he really is an old man, even though it's so obvious that he's the yes. fucking Silver Angel. So we're like, oh right, we're being lulled into thinking this old man is like feeble, and then they cut to him like scampering off, uh, yeah. as if like that was going to shock us. But we're like, yeah, yeah, that's the reveal. It's trying to set up for a reveal here. Only it came across like we're just fucking roasting an old man (laughs) for the crime of aging. Like, look at this old dipshit get older. What an asshole. (laughs) And then at the end, an old man scampers off like, ain't I a scamp? And it's just, it's a crazy scene that I see what you were trying to do, but you did every part of it wrong. And it was never necessary from the start. So Uh, Duffy hobbles out from his apartment at the end to his lair, to his secret garage, the Angel Cave, where he keeps his costume Angel Mobile. And I guess I, I assumed I just have to assume from all of this, like twin revolvers. But no, he's, he gets his trumpet. That's his weapon. <laughs> yeah, like service revolver. We were just missing like 
a minute, 60 seconds where like one of them found a file and they're like, holy crap, it's like Harry Brown. He has he's a decorated war hero with this like right. incredible background. Like that's so, what the American version of this would have right. done. And the Canadian version is he's like just and then he picks up his trumpet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's no, all he picks up his rifle. He toots his little horn and he announces yeah. his intentions. Yeah, he does it before he leaves his garage. He's like sounding his shoplifting horn like so the neighbors will look over and see his silver winged truck leave the garage. Mm-hmm. Uh, he does drive right past his neighbor who just doesn't give a shit. Like, nobody cares. It's like, yeah, go go steal one bag of groceries in your costume. I mean, they tried to make it off like he's got a secret hideout by the way that they filmed it with him scampering mm-hmm. off like down the street and then coming up to this remote garage. But apparently it's just his garage behind the house. Yeah. And then he just drives out of it and his neighbor's yeah. like, yeah. Yeah, I know. I Everyone see the, I for see three the blocks. Truck. Yeah, knows exactly who lives there and what he does. He does also get dressed to the Fat Boys montage workout music that they formed <laughs> using workout equipment and their mouths, that's just true. because like that's the soundtrack that's what to they this had. episode. Yeah. <laughs> that's what they had. So everybody will get like dressed. They'll have a chase scene. They'll just everything yeah. happens to the Fat Boys working out, getting dressed to the sounds of Herbie Hancock <laughs> struggling. <laughs> struggling with a chest fly. Uh, so uh, so he does, and I, I love this jump cut again, that, that we see like this truck. He's, he's, he's ready, he's geared up, he's got, got his little trumpet, his truck just blasts off into the night. Cut to him arrested again. <laughs> he's immediately arrested. The second he drives off screen, we jump to the police station. They pick up this old idiot immediately every single time uh, for the crime of wandering the streets at 10 o'clock. Uh, he asks to be shown the bathroom, and he tells Taylor, it's old age. You don't have much time to go, but you gotta go all the time. And they make a wonderful decision here to use a pan flute as the punchline noise, which I've never seen before. God, it was so fucking weird. And it's still like she's the only person in the viewing audience and the fictional world that doesn't know. She's like, oh, he could, my client couldn't have done it. He pauses for the pan flute and like yeah. gives her a look. As the pan flute plays, if this like was he's American making that noise. He would be like, you know, it's kind of hard to go to the bathroom by myself at my age. Can I, you know, they would have pushed her ignorance a little mm-hmm. further than that into like, into a full on crime. Like, Can you give me a hand. The doctor said not to lift anything heavy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he forgets yes, his he cane and that's. a large black man, according to Sean. <laughs> <laughs> it's called rapping. <laughs> He forgets his cane, and that's finally when the attorney grows suspicious, which makes her look again like an idiot as the the last absolute person. (laughs) She's more hair than brains. So they they sign the old man out to to her to because she's his attorney. She goes through his personal effects and finds a card for a homeless shelter signed by the priest who runs it. Why is he signing his business? (laughs) He autographs it. It's so weird. What, what was that decision? Do they do that in Canada? Like it's, it's says you know, when you're screenwriting, you got to like move from one scene to the other. And this is just like, fucking, I don't fucking care. People sign business cards, priests sign homeless shelter business cards and people keep those in their wallets, right? It's every little sign of real life. Yeah. It's just so off. Like I'm I mean, the a cricket the could have scene. jumped onto the table and said, wait, you should go next to talk to the priest. Goodbye. I'm plot device cricket. Keeping things moving. <laughs> but I, it could have just had his name or you could have just not had the name and then introduced the character because yeah. they do introduce the character. The weirdest thing you could possibly do is have him sign like his name 
like an autograph on it, and then her go, oh, the signature. <laughs> I, I, I think, wh- yeah, I think the showrunners realize at this point, they're like, you know what? We made her so stupid that I think the audience just won't believe that she right. got the information through deduction. She needs it just literally spelled out for her at this point. Yeah. Someone just Every should have written it on a this. paddle and blasted her across the face with it. <laughs> now, Robert, do you have a clip of this priest's introduction? <laughs> I don't. You don't have I his don't. sweet like pickup line that he lays down on uh No, but, but that's a little bit later. Amanda. First oh, we come I back I thought it was, to the okay. gym. First we oh, come yeah. back to the gym. Fat boys are watching the cartoons. Yes. And we realize at this point, well, the fat boys are watching a cartoon, and I would note that the cartoon is all about food and they love it. Yeah. Uh, because they're fat, you see. Uh, the gym has this like has a that bar trope. and restaurant a- inside of it. <laughs> and I mean like not attached to it, like an open air cafe inside next to the boxing ring. Like, yeah, it's like how Kmart used to there. be. There used to be like a little side area where you could just eat nachos. Right. It's in the boxing gym. Yeah. I took it as them doing that. I thought they were just like squatting. They're like, if we're going to be in this gym, food. Yeah, yeah, we're going to bring picnic table and fucking set up. No, they show like the part of the, there's like a bar, the TV that they're watching. There's... There's, okay, yeah, no, I guess you're right. I, I just luxury gym. I love this place. <laughs> when I was watching chicken it, here, <laughs> I assumed that was just the fat boys. I made that happen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, they, they, do, just, they are watching a cartoon where on the on the television, the cartoon also really likes food and they're just fucking cracking the shit. up. Yeah. That's one and of those tropes that like bugs me when people food. are just watching totally ordinary cartoons where nothing funny is happening, just laughing their ass off. It's, it's with it's, a uh, yeah. It's like this is the public domain shit we could get. Make it work. Yeah. Really be into this. So the fat boys worked out one time to a montage. They hate it and they are in open revolt. Yeah. Uh, Decker comes in and tells them like, "Okay, let's get back to work, guys." And they all stand up and charge him as they wrap uh, the bacon wrap. All right, you guys, let's go. Get up. Ah, uh, come on, Decker man, Just leave us alone. We exercised yesterday. Ain't that enough? Hey, I thought you guys were supposed to be tough. Yo, man, bust this, man. My arms are full, my legs are stiff, and my stomach is aching. What we need right about now is a pound of bacon. Or two or three, some butter and bread. Yo, humble, we got a cold get fed, you know what I'm saying? No more pumping iron or pushing weight. The only load we carry is what we ate. No more sit-ups, no more push-ups, no more cleans or jerk. Because all that stuff is just like work. Okay, 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 okay. You know I like your guys if you're skinny or fat. It doesn't matter if your stomach's not flat. <laughs> they dapped him. They're like, you're all right, Duffy. Yeah, yeah, Duffy. Oh, so the soft rhyme I was talking about wasn't in there. I think they were just talking to each other when, when this happens. Oh, okay. And I hate yeah, it. Yeah, we can't pull a clip of all of their rapping because right, right. they speak uh, entirely in rap. He says apple tea. We can almost. Instead of appetite. and it. Yeah, moved. that's later. And I got yeah. it. Okay. Oh, good. Got it. Got it as a clip. Don't worry. All right. All right. Like, okay. <laughs> Sean gym... has said something insane and bold here and said, we can't pull a clip of every time. <laughs> rap as a hive mind in you this Canadian fool. half hour at Mr. T television show. Are you an idiot? Of course we can. Of course we can. <laughs> I really like how the gym coach is like, hey guys, it's okay to be fat. It's like. <laughs> Immediately, he's the worst trainer. It's, they worked out one time, it's, it's, and now he's like, "Hey, to my entire business model." But you know what? Fuck it. You know, fuck fuck it. You have some I was also asked, asked to do this as a favor to a friend, but also fuck him. Yeah, so. yeah. Whip him into shape. No, Mister T, I'm going to buy them another bucket of fried chicken. Uh, I really like how they, be their they, friend. This gets like the situation's diffused, but then they get distracted by. Uh, the local grocery store owner is on the news. Like, it's just an interview with a local grocery store owner, and the fat boys are like, hey, gang, 
They're interviewing a local grocery store owner on the news. Shut the fuck up. That's adjacent to food, which is our personality. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Okay, so also the nature of that. The news is here talking to the grocery store owner. And this is the trope that they're trying to do is the master heist, where like the museum right. tightens security so much that they are sure the, the thief can't get in. Only it's a fucking grocery store. And so, but they do the scene straight up. Like Hamlin is like, my grocery store is now impenetrable. I have the finest in surveillance technology. I will not <laughs> and be openly, defeated this time. And openly dares the thief to try it again. <clears throat> However, the store is still open for business, so you can just walk in the front door. As Any, many literally anybody do. can just walk in. It's fine. And we see that they do. That they, yeah. in fact, do that. This, uh, this interview goes so off the rails. Um, because he sees the crossing guard while he's doing this interview and tells the newscaster, there he is, that's the Silver Angel. And then he starts screaming directly to the Silver Angel while he's like protecting children from traffic accidents. He's like, you probably never knew escargot in your life. You wouldn't know caviar <laughs> if you sat in it. He's like, fucking. Well, hold on. While the, while the crossing guard physically runs away, terrified yes. because this man is losing his fucking mind. Yeah. But he also does it while he takes his stop sign and like holds it over his face. And I was like, what a brilliant <laughs> thing to do. I wish I had yeah. a sign that would just, when people started making fun of me, I could just hold up a sign that says, please stop and just run away with it on there. <laughs> However, that was his mistake. Mr. T realized, old man run? Old man yeah. shouldn't run. So now he thinks like, <laughs> Now Mr. Mm. T is in on it. You can tell so. when he's thinking because his bow tie spins. <laughs> <laughs> it really should. <laughs> you can mentally reinsert that back in. So mm-hmm. back at the law firm, uh, the lawyer Taylor has called in the priest who says, uh, who introduces himself to her. And he says, I joined under a misconception. I joined the priesthood under a misconception. I thought I was taking a vow of celebrity. That's, it. That's the one. So he's trying to fuck, right? He's trying to fuck because took it that that's way, what yeah. that line means. Yeah. Because the, yeah. the vow was of celibacy and he's saying like, I didn't no, think it was about that. I, I did not take a vow of celibacy. I took a vow of celebrity. Right. I'm the famous priest who likes to fuck. The famous, pr- down. <laughs> the famous pr- priest that women call at all, at, at all hours of the night. I could barely pay attention to the priest because I was like... Furiously taking notes about how crazy I thought it was that this guy was in the middle of a news interview just screaming at some crossing guard. And they just like, (laughs) how is that not like the main story? Like, okay, we were interviewing a a store about some robberies, but like then he lost his mind. Like, that's your fucking story. Local local villain loses. You'll never know what it is to love or to be loved, crossing guard. (laughs) Face me, coward. Like, we're still live, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) So the priest is a son of a bitch, right? The priest, like, He's, is here talking to the lawyer. The lawyer, she is on Duffy's side, like, trying to get him off. And the priest just immediately narks him out. Like, not yeah. just narc, he super narks he's like, him oh, out. Oh, yeah, no, he's says, the silver angel. He's stealing, and I'm I'm consuming these stolen goods, like. Right, like, she's trying to lead him, and she's like, oh, are you, are you telling me that dot, dot, dot? And that's like <laughs> any other scene would just leave it off there, like, huh, he's implying it. And then he jumps in and says, Mr. Duffy is the silver angel? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Like, just just so you know, I am narking. I am in the process of narking. Can you write that down? Narking. <laughs> he delivers us stolen goods. I accept those stolen goods and I use them. <laughs> am I in trouble? I love Holy it. shit. I should so, stop talking right now. So for the listeners, I want to recap. There, there's a shoplifter who's arrested for shoplifting. The cops know he did it. The store owner knows he did it. Uh, his cover is he's too unaware and confused to have done it. But that... Um, 
Cover did not cost him his job as a crossing guard, where those are the only two exact <laughs> things uh, you should not be. Uh, so then for 10 minutes, his lawyer was fooled, and now she's starting to get it. And the private detective is now starting to get it, because you could tell from the bow tie spinning. So here are the stakes. Will an elderly shoplifter's lawyer find out he's guilty before he's sentenced? Guess starring the fat boys. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there's nothing it's the, the priest has said clearly and unequivocally that then that he did it there's nothing left to do the show is over we can quibble about like wealth distribution and trolley problems or whatever the fuck the theme is but this fucker is in the cogs <laughs> of the justice system it's done it's out of mr t and the lady's hands i mean to be fair the very first scene was that the very yes. first scene they had arrested him they were like we have some evidence we know it's him we're and then the rest of the show is about the lawyer and removing. mr t trying to understand do you that. think the director yeah. trying to understand the one five minutes and was like said. that's it we did it that's the story and they're like bro we've got 20 more minutes left <laughs> so let's have them try to understand what that cop said in the first line of the show like that that's all the rest of the show is is them being like wait a minute what if, what if that policeman was right? Uh, yeah, he knows. He was right. Uh, he's already under arrest and in the process of going to court. It's just a series of like t letting the viewer know there is no twist. There's no twist coming. That whatever you thought we were going to do, we're not. It's, we're done. The story's done. I do think that's what the fat boys are here to do. I think the fat boys were a pretty big twist. Yeah. Uh, because we okay. do cut back to the fat boys back at their boxing bistro and they they're eating a, a mountain of food. And they wrap about how eating a mountain of food, you know, it's a lot like criminal acts of charity. <laughs> Yo, I feel a lot more better since I had my lunch. Yeah, man, these last two drumsticks is mine so much. Boys, boys, don't forget that there's people out there that ain't got nothing to eat. Yo, man, why you trying to spoil my apple tea? No, I'm just saying that we should try to be a little more like that angel guy. Like the old dude on the tube. Y'all think it's him that does all the stealing. I'm not sure, but I got a feeling. There's two more drumsticks that send me really. Okay, that last line, uh, Taylor comes yeah. in and he's looking at her legs. She walks right past him like a foot away and he says that straight to her. Yeah. <laughs> As he's eating a, just a huge drumstick covered in, covered in chicken juice. I really liked her. It's a job of the hut she, moment. Like, she didn't even notice though. Like, like there's an obese squatter in a boxing gym eating a bucket of chicken. Talking about... Switching to eating her legs and she just ignores it like like she's on a beach <laughs> walk rhyme. and it's a distant elephant seal. Yeah, she didn't even like clear him as a threat. Like he yeah. was didn't just even like, exist. Yeah, make a move, buddy. I will be out of here by the time you get out of that chair. <laughs> <laughs> so Turner and Taylor both meet up and they go, okay, yeah, Duffy is guilty, right? And they agree. They understand yeah. now he's guilty. Taylor said, tells Mr. T, but, you know, he's giving the food away to the homeless. And Mr. T says... Still a crime, Amy. <laughs> just, I know he's supposed to be yeah. like the straight-laced tough guy of the uh, 1980s, but that feels crazy even if, for him. If there's something this character should this. do, he should trust the law. This character, the one yeah. arrested for a crime he didn't commit and forced into a life of private detective slavery, he's the, he, <clears throat> letter the law guy. Trust. Yeah, he's yes. like, he let's, puts let's his prison like, suit He's like, all right, on. Amanda, like, let's not mess with this delicate balance that's keeping me on the streets. Like, I don't want to fucking go back. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> so the fat boys then all agree it is they who must rescue the Silver Angel because they like food and he's stealing food, so they're on the same side. Uh, Mark <laughs> D has a master plan, a I genius plan requiring you know him to take off and uh, put it into action. 
Uh, there's another montage this time of Mr. T getting dressed in a leather jacket oh, and boots. So fucking this sweet. That's it. It's a, this is yeah. like classic Sam Raimi shit. Full Evil Dead. It yeah. is implied. Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong. It's implied that he puts his fists on, right? Yes. Oh, for he sure. Equips he puts his, his shoes on. He puts, he puts his coat on, on, and then he puts his fists on. He puts on three pairs of boots, seventeen <laughs> shirts. And forty-two jackets, and twenty-five so. fists, <laughs> yeah. and like the his sound business. effects. He's like, my business fist. Puts his fist on, and it goes whoosh, whoosh, like he's punching the air. It's so fucking cool. Yeah. Such force, the air gets and fucking slapped. His car is oh my goodness. Uh, God, so I don't know how to right here. Yeah, it really is. It looks like uh, I was expecting it to be like a camouflage car, like Nightwing's car, <laughs> where it looks like a piece of shit on the outside, but you get inside, it's got like crime equipment and radar and right. stuff. But nope. no, no, he's just—it's just, it's just it's a fifty-year-old rust bucket. Yeah, yeah. That's what so he can afford they, on a private ex-con privatized salary. Let's not. That judge. is that is legit. <laughs> I mean, what else is he going to drive? <laughs> he's been sentenced. He's been sentenced to drive that. So they they show up at <laughs> Duffy's house, meeting his landlord, who does, still does not give a shit that this is clearly the Silver Angel. Right. As Duffy races past them. In his tinsel truck with wings that he keeps behind his house. <laughs> and it's kind of treated like, oh, we got the proof now. We saw him do that. Like, what is it? What is it? What does it fucking take? <laughs> what does it take? It's watching them try to understand it for so long. Uh, but that's okay. The fat boys have acquired the materials necessary for their big plan. It's, it's too good. It's too genius to reveal now. Right. But... We will get to it later. We're doing that thing where we build up like MacGyver is building a tank out of out of the parts of this boxing bistro or something. Like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so they somehow beat the Silver Angel to the grocery store, even though we just saw him peeling ass out of there. And we saw Mr. T's car. So that's <laughs> yes, we saw Mr. T's that he has been sentenced to drive logic. as a punishment for murder. <laughs> we sentence you to wear a suit and drive this car. Uh, Hanlon, Mr. Hanlon, the grocery store owner, is delivering some fucking ace villainy here. I just want to uh -huh. celebrate uh, a true Canadian villain. Well, if it isn't the loyal defenders of the senile angel, you know. You know. I think get Dude, he's like fucking vampire from the Underworld series. He is so good. If it isn't the lichens, the bottom-feeding hairy dogs of the of the <laughs> supernatural world, <laughs> he's like a Nazi that's right about to get his comeuppance in an Indiana Jones movie. Mm. Yes, like comedically so. My face um, is melt-proof. I'll prove it to you now. You know, Jones. I was gonna say that, like the listeners, uh, they they know this from this tone of voice. But he, while he was saying all that, he was like picking lint off of Mr. T's chest, just being <laughs> very physically disrespectful, like like straightening out his tie like you would a child. Like I don't, I saw this and I was like. Mr. T, what the fuck? Like, I don't even know how, as a toothless an actor, he, he Canadian sat Mr. T this. is wasted. There's like, I as an acting choice, Mr. T, yeah. the person should have killed that actor. Is, that's is what why I'm you bring Mr. T in. Yeah, like, that's the only he's 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 he keeps it keeps it bottled in as long as he can until he becomes completely unhinged and just fucking right. does what needs to be done. Yeah. However, this was directly after yeah. uh, the A team was canceled. This is right. what he's doing. So he might have had his spirit broken, and they were just yeah. taking advantage of it. And he may have done that thing too, where he's like, "I'm I'm more than just rage and muscle. I'm an actor. God damn it, right. I've got rage. <laughs> I can show Watch you by this. not killing this man." <laughs> yeah. 
That's acting. Uh, so the Silver Angel slips into the grocery store because it's just open. It's an open grocery store. People, we see people shopping. Mm -hmm. Everyone can see him. He has to walk around people in the aisles, like picking out pasta. Uh, he starts playing his trumpet again, his shoplifting trumpet, mm -hmm. drawing every guard in the place. I think at this point, I get it. This is suicide by grocery store cop. <laughs> yeah, right. Like he's old. He's, he's an old wish. piece of shit. Yeah. He's an asshole who's only getting older. Uh, he wants to die by cop, by the, by, well, cop adjacent, by, by grocery store security guard. By the finest security money can buy. <laughs> You're right. They are the elite security <laughs> guards. They have matching uniforms and everything. He defeats them with like several cans. He tosses one of them a pineapple and he like dies from it. He's like, oh, he like can't, his legs stop working because he's touching a pineapple. <laughs> I've never been he past To be clear, like he before. catches the pineapple. He just yeah. catches it and then he dies from it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's well also a grenade. <laughs> one of the cops falls in the pile of tomato sauce cans. And I appreciated that he knew this was his moment because he just starts doing the breaststroke. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, you got four seconds of screen time. You know yeah. this is it for you. He's not going to waste it. Uh, the fat boys now bust into the store dressed in bridal moo-moos with tinsel halos. Uh, mm -hmm. This is their plan to dress up like the Silver Angel, but like their own interpretation of it. Just like the Silver Angel, yeah. I think, okay, here's what I think, because the, this plan accomplishes nothing and could never accomplish nothing. I think... The idea on paper was that this is a distraction. Oh no, there are four silver angels now that right. the fat boys have shown up. But I think right. even these fucking Looney Tune guards would notice the different outfits, that mm -hmm. there are three of them, and that they are now 400 pound black men uh, who rap as a hive mind. Like, I think they would notice. Yeah, because the silver angel is like kind of a Hollywood Highland robot man. And yeah. the fat boys are, they're like Christmas tree angels. Yes. And so um, they're not anywhere close to... Aside from the size differences and how one is one man by himself and the other one is three men in a 12-foot wide phalanx. <laughs> I think the real plan here is that the fat boys understood that the, once the police saw like a more enticing prey, the cops would just shift their attention to like the, the three threatening black men right. <laughs> that don't belong in this store. They can't afford Talk, name brand juice. Talking in a way that we can't describe. <laughs> so it's they make it's sounds using, with their mouths. Get them. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the reverse of how you're supposed to help minorities in trouble with the police as a white person. Mm -hmm. It's the minority <laughs> yeah. saving yeah. the white person. <laughs> Black savior. Run, white man. There's no way they can resist us. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't expect this fucking episode to take that turn, but okay. Well, that's why you brought me out here, right? <laughs> so so there's a freak out the squares Scooby-Doo fucking chase scene where the high-end shoppers are all gasping as the fat boys handling and the security guards are pursuing several angels of different sizes and makes all, all hijinks. Sped up. It's all sped all up. All sped yeah. up yeah. while the editor plays with every wipe effect in Canada. <laughs> Just spinning... <laughs> Spinning doors, doing star wipes, uh, finally I, handling... I really liked how they got caught many times. Like, the Silver oh, yeah. Angel would get grabbed, and then they would just cut away. Like, oh, fuck, we can't use that yeah, tape. They're, but just, like, they're they... just playing games. <laughs> yeah. They're just playing tag. They let him go. The catch and yeah. release, you know? Mm -hmm. And the fat boys are running around in this, again, like, this is part of the plan, or this is helping somehow. But it never, in the hijinks, they never assist. They, uh, they no one ever does f even gives a shit. The fat boys are there. They're not once being like chased by mistake. There's no, no they're not part of this. They're not. It's, yeah. They're just running through the store like idiots. What was the plan? Possibly what, what on a separate down? shoot day. <laughs> like, I don't think oh, they interact was, with yeah, any of the other characters. True. 
Yeah, you don't see anybody with them. Yeah. Anyway, finally, Hanlon, uh, the grocery store manager, trips the Silver Angel into a big pile of apples. He grabs him by the lapels and delivers another moment of fine Canadian villainy. I've got you, you crazy geriatric vigilante. You superannuated lunatic. Oh, there it was. Oh, shit, socialist. He said the quiet part out loud. <laughs> so Mr. T interrupts this. He arrives and he... He does another trope that goes completely insane halfway through. They do a nice he little picks, cheerleading routine. <laughs> he picks right. Hanlon up and starts to move him aside. You've seen every Hulk Hogan movie between the two of you at least a hundred mm-hmm. times. Sure. You know this. He's He comes in, he lifts up the guy, and he sets him down somewhere else as like a show of power. Like, you're an infant to me. Yeah. That's the trope. What Mr. T does <laughs> is he starts hopping him up into the air over and over again until he is now holding just Hanlon's ankles <laughs> with his arms perfectly straight and outright so that so that Hanlon, through an act of astonishing core strength... Oh, yeah. Excellent body muscle control by Hanlon. I was super Astounding. Impressed. Astounding feats of strength by Hanlon is now, like, balancing perfectly in Mr. T's palms as Mr. T raises his arms zombie-like in front of him and stomps across an entire store... With him like this, while Hanlon makes a series of faces like increasingly large raccoons are crawling up his asshole. <laughs> this goes on for a crazy amount of time in like weird silence as he, as he does this zombie walk that is totally inexplicable. It's one of the craziest things I've ever seen. There was something about Hanlon's face when he first picked him up, like by the ankles. and the, Like... I don't know what it was. I thought for a second that Hanlon was replaced by some weird... Cronenberg animatronic dummy and something really bad was going to happen to him. There was just something <laughs> yeah. uncanny valley about him in that that split second when he lifted him up that I was like, oh no. He did look like, paper mache. Yeah, I was like, where's this going to go? <laughs> He's going to have a scanner style head explosion. Is he going to burst? He's just going to yeah. clap his ears <laughs> yeah. and blow up his head. a haunting element to it where you're like, something's wrong here. Like, something terrible is going to happen to this man. I don't know. You know I, what I it think was like? Was, it, it was like Poltergeist when the guy was about to tear his own face off and there was that wipe where he was a normal guy and then it cuts back and he's very clearly like a weird animatronic head that's going to be torn right. apart. It, it is such like an that. effective 15, 20 seconds of dread and tension. You're mm-hmm. like, what, the, what? Something is very wrong. And then he just throws him 50 feet into a pile of eggs and says, sorry, brother, nobody touches an angel. So, <laughs> so no punch on that. Like, what is that in reference yeah, to, dude? That's what, not a, what? that's not a pun or a callback or a fucking, it's not anything. Yeah. And then he He's touches the most, four different angels. <laughs> the most inconsistent, like fickle beast in this episode. He's just, if you do something entertaining, he will switch sides. Like the last time he was like, no, it's still a crime, Amy. And now he's like, nobody touches him. Like, yeah. what are you, just mercurial and insane? Uh, so the fat boys bust into the scene, still dressed like angels and having accomplished, as we've determined, absolutely nothing. Yeah. Uh, like the, to the extent that I think the show forgot they were supposed to be doing something. And they all high five Mr. T like, yep, team effort here. <laughs> so Duffy takes off his glasses and is like, what am I seeing? Are these full, full, full fat angels? <laughs> and Mr. Hanlon does Oscar-worthy face acting about the horrors of seeing these eggs. It's like his brains are like coming out of his eyeballs. He's just looking at them like, I've been destroyed. Uh, and that's and then we just seen cut, the we price cut of the eggs these days. I wouldn't, that's I don't true. blame him. And he overcharged. The price of eggs in 1988 Canada? Like I think they were. <laughs> they were free. at least a dollar ninety nine. I think they paid store. you. <laughs> the the Great Canada egg. egg surplus yeah. that almost destroyed the nation. 
Uh, we cut to the courtroom immediately out of that scene. Like that scene wraps fucking anything up. Uh, Taylor, Taylor has already off screen gotten Duffy off somehow because we're out of time because it's a 20 minute. I've never seen so much like tell don't show fucking TV. So they do this entire like off screen courtroom drama because that's like half this show, right? Like half this show, as they promised in the premise, is they're going to investigate this this crime. Mr. T is going to do all the street work. He did. I, we forgot to mention it. He did put on his little Sherlock Holmes hat, though, at one point. Yeah, he dressed like Sherlock for that entire chase scene. I, yeah. I can't believe there's so much going on. We forgot to say Mr. T dressed up like Sherlock. He put a little I can't Sherlock believe. after he equipped his fist. I don't think they showed him put it on, but then he just shows up outside with his little hat. And I was like, oh, look at that. Sherlock he's he's ready. To, it's, that's his thinking cap. He's ready to he's do it. He's been sentenced to be a detective. You expect something else at the end of that. But no, that's the end of the show. The end of the show happened off camera. Yeah. And they're just going to tell you about it. And when I say Mr. T was like fickle and mercurial, he just high-fived all the fat boys in the last scene, right? Mm-hmm. They're, best, they're best friends. They did it together. They didn't, but that's that's the vibe. Nobody so, did anything together. It was great. Um, <laughs> yeah, so like the standard format would be like, Mr. T's the muscle. He pounds pavement. You know, he, he roughs people up to get answers. And then the other girl's doing the research. Neither one of them do any of that. There's, they're just both <laughs> clueless until they're, until someone just flat out tells them, hey, there's your guy. Like, that's, that's, I, your, that's your boy right there, right? Yeah, he's driving the, the, the crime truck. Like, I'll I don't think anybody does anything. spend a lot anything. of disbelief. But this store owner um, hates the poor. He hates uh, the, the Silver Angel, especially. Uh, and yet... Mr. T throwing him through some eggs, like, made him turn his entire life around. He decided to be a good guy. Uh, the maniacs that trashed his store are, he drops all the charges. Uh, he's now sides with the pl- proletariat. Uh, well, I, yeah, I he gives a happened, job to he, the Silver Angel. Yeah, yeah, he hires him. Yeah. There was something uh, about, like, he, something was going to make him look bad. And I don't know mm-hmm. if that was him getting thrown through eggs or it turning out the Silver Angel being a hero or that he was getting right. fooled by such an old man. I think like Sean said, he realized he saw that interview he gave where he was a complete fucking right. maniac on that's TV and is like, I, I have like, That's to. me? Is that how yeah, I sound? That has to be I've it. gotten, oh, I'm a villain. Oh, I'm Snidely Whiplash. I just got it. I've never heard myself <laughs> on TV before. Do I sound like that? Is that what I sound like? I Do I always taking lint off mustache? people. They're taking it wrong. <laughs> I'm trying to help. Uh, you know, uh, so then Mr. T is now terrified, though, of the fat boys, as we hear in the final rap. He hears beatboxing ascending through the elevator. He's, oh, no, like not, oh, not this God, again, no. but he's was delighted with their presence almost every single other minute. Literally just show. high five them. Yeah. This has been yeah. 30 seconds. His like nephew is a fat boy. I, I was thankful and I was praying that it wasn't going to happen. As soon as the fat boys came into the courtroom and started rapping, I was like, please don't make the old man rap. Please don't yeah. make the old rap. Pretty close, though. He, so does, he every, does some little everybody. moves, you know, he does some little like hip yeah. hop moves, which I was like, I'll allow it. I'm not. But if I he starts like, becomes my name is Duffy and I'm here to say I like helping <laughs> homeless in a crazy way. Like I just, I would have fucking. I really like racial exploitation movies when it's like, oh, here's a black person, here's a white person. They have to like learn each other's differences. Because at the end of those movies, there's always like an old lady who's like, mm-hmm. I'm going to hit the chronic, my shizzles. And and I really always love that moment. And I was kind of hoping for that from this old man. But. <laughs> See, I think that is this moment. All right. Yeah. So let's just finish painting it. They, they, Mr. T hears the distant 
beatboxing of the fat boys like it's the fucking water glass from Jurassic Park. He's just like, oh my god, I know what's coming. The <laughs> elevator's the open, the they're already yeah. full wrapping. Everyone in the halls, which are judges, bailiffs, lawyers, and criminals, everyone gathers around and starts hip-hop dancing like oh, hell yeah. 1980s white Canadians. The whites get funky. <laughs> there's, a, there's a guy in a hoodie and blazer presumably like he's one of the criminals like on parole violations or something he hops yeah. into the circle and starts doing the like one big arm up one big yeah. arm up dance yeah, yeah. And, like the everybody's just hands. yeah he's doing the big arm examination dance <laughs> and then all the fat boys surround and start rapping at duffy while he does like old-timey charleston break dancing i think that counts as like yeah. i'm hitting the shizzle my yeah. nizzles i, I kind of feel like he, he was always with it though i don't feel like duffy had to like grow into that he was he was always at the streets so mm-hmm. he, he earned his card the second he played the trumpet to summon the cops exactly. when he started shopping you know what he should have just started doing some like what is this is this music and then he should have joined in with his trumpet and like yeah. and then be like oh snap oh he's, shit he's that would have been way too. better yeah that's it's yeah. not a shoplifting violin it's a shoplifting horn section yeah like they did that in uh that old dan Aykroyd movie nothing but trouble you guys ever seen that when it's the digital so underground yes. starts performing and then Dan Aykroyd joins in with his old organ. They should have done that. Oh, they should have done a, another yeah. trouble. But nothing else about that movie. No, that movie's fucking That's crazy. the one, I'll hear that's nothing the one else. legacy <laughs> that should have come out of that movie. Movie's fucking uh, classic. So do you have any final thoughts on this? Because I'm going to play us out the clip. Yeah, I have some final thoughts. Fucking treasure this, Earth. This, this... Somehow none of us knew about this all of these years, and now we do, and I want us to treasure it. All and we three have, people. This is like our jobs, is to know about this kind of shit. <laughs> However, as angry and disappointed as you are in yourselves, we have 60 more episodes of this mm. to discover. It's a beautiful day. I treasure It's it, a man. beautiful time to be alive. What a bright future we have. <laughs> oh, no. Now, we're the fat boys, as you can see. But we're the heroes of this story. The star of the week is a dude named Dusty. A talking like that? What do you call a guy who's so old cool? He goes to the hungry and gives them food. He's like he came from the clouds with a special assignment for a Metro County gastronomic realignment. Now here's a hero who plays the Robin Hood games. He's a senior superhero with a heavenly name. Yo, he's an angel. Yeah, he's an angel. He's an angel. The silver angel. Who? The silver angel. Who? He's an angel. Who? He's an angel. The silver angel. What's it? Junction, America's last comedy, children's variety, trivia, 
Hee Haw Laughing for Christ. Now here's Robin Markey. Thanks, Yodel and Julius. I'm Rob, and my friend Marky here wants to tell you all about the supremest cats this side of Job 410. Take it away, Marky! Aaron Croston! Adrian H! Aiden Roy! Alpha Science Show! Alpha Science Alpha! Alpha Scientist Chavo? Yeah! On Andy! Arando Nova! It's Benjamin Cyranin! Brandon Garlar! Brian Sailor! Marito! Cyril! Chase! Clementine Danger! Clementine Clementine Danger? Yeah, that's Clementine Danger! Reglamoy! Clarus! Darren the Rogue Supreme! David Shaw! Dean Costello! Griffin! Dusty's Red Turtle! Eric Rian! Everything! Francis Ark! Oh, I'm doing really good! Barrett! Jellaho! Greg Cunningham! Hammond! Harappa! Harvey Penguini. Harvey Penguini. Hot fart. Hulk. I know what I got this one. Jaber L. Aiden. Yeah, okay. James Lloyd. Jeff Arasky. Jeff Salter. John Dean. John McCann. John Inkoff. Joseph Charles. Josh S. Joshua Green. Ken Faithy. Kevin M. Ariadne Pitt Lisa. And Johnny Shafel. And Johnny Shafel. That's good enough. Pat Riley. Max Broy. Malcolm Ricky Lowen. Mark Styles, hands are really hard. Okay, just call us and swagger. Mojo, Andy, Mia Valley, Errol Schaefer, Michael 104, Nick Wilson, Ozzy Bowling, Patrick Hurts, Patrick Hurts, Patrick Hurts. Yeah, I know, everybody knows I'm trying to say Hurts, okay? Rachel, Brianna. Markovsky, Sean Chase, Scotty Reception, Silverlock, Brenton, Edith, Cash Cashoff, Cash, Thomas Cashoff. I can't, don't, 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 don't you feel a word. I've got this. Cash Cashoff. Thomas, all right. Thomas Kavatsos. Okay. Charlie, Tostigal. Holly G, Leland Russell, Yanis Ioannidis, Yossarian, and last but not least, Vintover, Vintover, Okay, okay, hold on, I'm gonna take it to heart. Vintover, I'm just gonna do it fast, real fast. Vito! 
over. I'm trying to help. Fuck this. I'm going to go eat some kids.